Um, I, I don't think there's any way to, to not think he got off with a slap on the wrist, given he signed to the richest contract and guaranteed contract in the history of the league. And the, the offenses that he did are, are just nauseating. I think he got off really, really light. Yeah, and there's many people that said that the NFL kind of crumbled, wanted more money, and wanted a full season. Was it them just wanting to end this thing, or what do you think went down in those talks with this appeal? Yes, because the NFL is all about making PR appearances that everything is fine no matter what. And by being able to kind of get rid of this subject now that it's settled – They've done that. It's not an issue anymore to anyone until, say, week 10, when the return is imminent for Watson. And then they can feel the ratings bonanza with him, uh, him returning. It's, it's really it's hard not to feel anything other than sick to your stomach thinking about uh, th- those poor women. Brian, let me ask you this. You cover this team. You know these players. You're inside the locker room. They are professionals. They're looking out for many of them themselves, but they're also a team. And in a football team, maybe that is more than any other sport. What's your general feeling amongst the players without getting personal on who they are on the feeling of this whole thing? A good number of players are still not happy with the way the organization conducted this process of giving away the, the store to Deshaun Watson. Uh, and, and it's not so much what they gave in terms of a trade with Houston, but in terms of the contract and more so just the bad optics of bringing in someone uh, with, with so many red flags all over him. And that's something that a couple players did say privately during camp, but would certainly not say anything you know, near a microphone or a tape recorder because, after all, they work for Jimmy Haslam and they don't want to say anything against him. So, Brian Brian Dulick is with us from the Medina Gazette. Let's talk a little football now. It's Jacoby Brissett's football team, at least for the foreseeable future, as long as he stays healthy. Your opinion on Jacoby Brissett leading this team and how can he do this? <laughs> I don't think he can. He's a bad quarterback. There's kind of no way around it. He's been given the opportunity to, to serve as the starter three times in the league, and he's lost the jobs very quickly uh, on all three occasions. In terms of a football wins and losses perspective, I'm not sure the Browns can recover from not having a competent quarterback for two-thirds of the season. And therein lies another problem. You're gambling away a year in the prime of the careers of guys like Miles Garrett, Nick Chubb. You just spent a lot of money to bring back Jadevian Clowney. You know, Denzel Ward's on a new contract. And you're kind of throwing it to chance because, gosh, I'm not sure you can expect much more than, even with the schedule, five wins would be the most optimistic situation before Watson comes back, and by then it may be too late. And as you said, if Brissett gets hurt, holy mackerel, they're in real trouble because Josh Dobbs and, uh, and Josh Rosen are not NFL-caliber quarterbacks, even to be a backup. So, Brian, with that being said, we've heard yes, we've heard no. Do you think the Browns extend some phone calls elsewhere 
Many people have tried to link them to San Francisco with Jimmy Garoppolo. There have been some that have said Cam Newton. Do you think they explore some other possibilities? But because their camp is saying, we believe in Jacoby Brissett. Well, they also said that about Baker Mayfield. So so what do you think they do at quarterback? Do they reach out? I'm certain they already have. I think that they're one of a number of teams who are waiting and seeing what San Francisco does with Jimmy Garoppolo. And the betting line remains that they're going to have to release him because no one's going to offer a whole lot for him, knowing that he's not in San Francisco's plans and he has no future there. If he were to be cut tomorrow, I can almost guarantee the Browns would claim him off waivers within minutes. Um, and they're not the only team who probably will look at it that way. But it's kind of like the trade market for Baker Mayfield after it was clear the Browns saying they weren't bringing him back no matter what, and Mayfield wanted out. There just was no no market. Nobody wanted to give up anything, which is why the Browns essentially got nothing for him, and the 49ers are going to have to settle for the same thing. I don't think Cam Newton is a realistic option. Um, his style of play would not be conducive on a team that, focuses so heavily on power running. But Garoppolo is, I hate the term, but he's a good game manager, and he's a winner. You can say what you want about the way his his game kind of looks ugly or his individual numbers may not be good, but he wins. Brian, so let me ask you this. Staying on the possibility of a Garoppolo, if San Francisco, so you can educate all of us, if they cut him today, and other teams would be interested because we heard Seattle maybe. We heard maybe the Jets, and we heard maybe even the Rams might be interested because of Matthew Stafford's elbow and Tampa Bay with the Tom Brady question mark. How does that go in line? If if they release him, is Garoppolo free to negotiate with any team? How does that work? He would be it, – he would be eligible to be claimed on waivers by every team, and there's an inverse waiver process, which considering the Browns' record last season was more or less in the middle of the pack, they would not necessarily get him. Uh, some of the teams you mentioned, like Seattle, I know for a fact, would have first priority. So there yeah. you go. That's the question, right? And one other thing. If they were to claim him when he's immediately released, that team would then be on the hook for his 20 plus million dollar salary, which is why the betting line again is no one will claim him. If he passes through waivers unclaimed, then anyone could negotiate with Jimmy G, and the team that winds up with him would only have to pay him the league minimum with San Francisco picking up, you know, let's say $19.7 million out of the 20 and a half. So staying on that subject, then, if he does clear the waivers, like you said, Jimmy G might not pick the Browns, right? He might say, hey, I want to go to a situation out west, or I might want to go to Tampa Bay and Mm -hmm. this type of thing. So that's where the possibility of a trade comes through, even if, uh, let's say, it's a fifth-round draft pick or something like that. It might make sense for the Browns. It might, because money is not an object, realistically. Um you know, no team really goes up against the cap, despite what you you read from certain uh, certain media members. It's never an issue. They could fit him in without a problem. They could fit him in without any long-term planning with dead cap money or all the other catchphrases. I just don't know if they want to do that. I really don't. Uh, 
it would be such a seismic seismic trade, and then you're stuck with what do you do with him the final six games of the year when Watson comes back. I'm not sure Garoppolo would be happy with being traded for when it would be the Browns because he knows he has zero chance of starting beyond the 11-game suspension. Brian, one final question. You mentioned the word trade. Has everything calmed down with Kareem Hunt? He made a request to be traded a couple of weeks ago. The team, and I give him a lot of credit for this, basically shot him down in a matter of minutes and started fining him when he refused to take part in the, the, uh, the team activities those two days. Uh, the front office was as shocked as all of us, as all of us were, uh, that Sunday morning when Hunt came out and practiced uh, after his two-day kind of holdout. He knows he's not getting a new deal from the Browns now. There's just too much uncertainty. And frankly, I think he read the, the tea leaves where this was going to be his final season with the Browns no matter what, because they liked Ernest Johnson so much. They would rather have him hooked up long-term following this season uh, for a lot less money as Chubb's backup.